Hi, I'm Shamali Khera and welcome to my podcast Daughters of Tomorrow. In this podcast we feature some phenomenal women who are writing the new norms or may I say rewriting the new norms. These are also women who are raising the daughters of tomorrow who are not just empowered themselves but are paving a unique way for our empowered daughters. These women are way ahead of their times and have inspiring journeys to share. Joining me on today's episode is Pamela Kapoor or Pam as her actor husband Anu Kapoor calls her. Pam, welcome to Daughters of Tomorrow. Hi, Shamali. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. And Thank you. Uh, I mean you're also lovingly referred to as Pam or Pummy, so I'm going to see what space I don't intrude too much and probably call you Pummy if that's okay with you. Absolutely fine. Absolutely <laughs> fabulous, fine. Fabulous, fabulous. So Pummy, you are the director at Anukapur Films and uh, you're also the wife to one of the most versatile actors uh, that our industry has had so far, Mr. Anukapur ji. Tell me your take on this often used term in the industry, the term called star wife. What is your take in general about this term? Uh, it could be the wife of a celebrity, a wife of, um, you know, someone who's in the public eye, uh, the wife of a sportsman. They all are given a term. What's your take on it? Well, my husband is a star and I am his wife. So if the public look at me as a star wife, there's nothing more that I could add to that. <laughs> right. But I don't look at him as a star. I look at him as my husband. Right. He, this... he is a star or a, or a celebrity maybe for the public. But for us at home, he's just uh, as lovingly as my kids call him Bapuji. Uh, he's just honey to me. Wow. Is that what you call him? Yeah. Ah. Honey or John. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be in every relationship. Only Absolutely. you know uh, that person so intimately as opposed to what uh, uh, anyone else outside knows him as a public figure. Tell us being married to someone whose achievements are so much in the public eye. Did it at ever point affect your own aspirations uh, as an individual? I don't think so. Because he has been... Uh, completely and absolutely supportive on anything and everything I've ever wanted to do. Um, I think your your aspirations get stifled or uh, muted when you don't have a supportive husband. Right. So uh, I think I've just been very blessed in that, that he's never, he's always told me to remain who I am or do what I want. Meaning, obviously, us as a couple will always confer with each other to make sure that, you know, we're taking the right steps. But he's never stopped me. So there's never been a stunt or a stop in my desire to grow Mm, mm. as a person or as, you know, in business. Mm, Fabulous. Do you feel from outside in the perceptions of uh, someone who is the partner uh, to a person who's uh, more famous than the other partner? Do you think there are perceptions or judgments that are passed too soon about the person and has it has the trolling or any kind of comments that may have been out in the media ever bothered you? How do you protect yourself from it? Well, Shamali, to be very honest with you in the beginning, 
the trolling and the negative, the negativity that was on social media uh, would affect me. I, at one point in time, uh, in the initial days, if any of uh, his films or projects or anything would come out, I would be the first one sitting on every social media platform and just seeing what people had to say and what were the reviews of, of the film or his personal reviews that they give. And they used to bother me if they weren't to what I was hoping or what my expectations were that it should have been. Mm. But today I don't even look at it. I don't even open social media to see what the review is of any particular film. Mm. I don't open social media to see what people are saying to my husband or about my husband. Mm. Mm. And do you think that's some kind of self teaching or coaching that you've done over the years for yourself to keep a distance from the constant comments? Look, people out there can be really nasty. Yeah. Anybody who's on social media, most people have experienced the negativity and the trolls that go around. But, you know, I think I've just learned to accept that not everybody is going to like what he does. Mm. And there are going to be millions that love what he does. Mm. So it's okay. I know he's given his best. Mm. And he's never let anybody down in whatever he's done. So only the best will come out with whatever he's done. So in my opinion, his work is fabulous in everything. I, I think hear. his biggest critic would be me, though. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and how does he take that feedback when you have something? Very positively. Yeah. Very positive. Amazing. I hear how supportive you two are of each other. That's very, um, um, you know, valid in the conversations that we are having right now. What was the moment when you two knew uh, that this is the one for me? I'm sure this must have been quite a hell of a love story. And uh, maybe a snippet or a sneak peek into how you two knew this is the one for me. Well, it's an extremely unique love story. We actually met at a doctor's office uh -huh. and um, he was there and I was there and he very smartly got my number from the receptionist mm. and just called me out of the blue. And uh, yeah, then the rest is history. Life, meaning, took its up, ups and downs in, right. uh, for both of us. Right. But eventually we realized that, yes, we are soulmates. And for a couple who's probably going through some kind of trials and tribulations, what is the advice that you'd want to give them to, you know, sustain through it and come out of it stronger? Never go to bed angry. Mm. Everything deserves a conversation. Doesn't matter how busy your day is. Doesn't matter how tough my day has been. I will always give you my 100%. I will always be your soundboard. And I expect the same vice versa, which, is, which has always been the case. Mm. So we have each other's back. I always say to him or my children that if, if anything, I am most protective of my immediate family unit. Mm. And I am there for them anytime 24-7, mm. 
without any if ands or buts about it. Mm. So that's 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 really how it works. Amazing. You know, there are women today who are, of course, trying to multitask. And just like you, they want to be there for their family. What would your advice be to women who want to multitask, but somewhere also forget themselves along the line, forget their own aspirations along the line? How do you um, suggest they center themselves and be in touch with their own goals and aspirations? It's going to be different for every woman. What works for me may not work for you. Mm. But I know life is too short to be unhappy. Mm. And if I'm not happy, my family is definitely not going to be happy. Because the woman is the nucleus of every home. Whether we, you know, it's not me trying to blow my trumpet in any which way. But it's a fact if you sit back and if you look at your family from from an outer person perspective, you can see that everything revolves around you from the time they wake up mm. to the time they go to sleep. Mm. It's either honey, honey, honey or beta, beta, beta. Mm. So it's, you know, it's. It revolves around you. Yeah. It's like my kids saying mom, mom, mom for yeah. every little thing or every big thing. Mm. So everybody has to look for their own um, path. Mm. Multitasking is not easy. Mm. And I am not good at it. For me to give advice to somebody to multitask, I think I hear a lot of podcasts and I read a lot of books that would kind of maybe help me put certain things in perspective. But it always looks easier when you're looking at somebody else do it than you having to go and do it yourself. True. Meaning I can see one of any of my friends and I look at them and I look at them in amazement and I'm like, why can't I do it the way they do it? But the funny thing is, is that they're looking at me and they're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. So... That's, you know, you just have to find a balance somehow. Mm. And not everything on your to-do list has to be done on that particular day. Things can trickle on to the next day and maybe on to the next. I love that. I love that because there's so many women um, who are so hard on themselves for wanting to be perfect or have everything in control all the time. And that somewhere, I think, gets onto their mental health, physical health. And I'm so glad you put it out there and said, it's okay. Of course it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a very, very dear friend of mine said, you know, you need to make yourself a priority. You need to be able to do things that you need to do to make yourself happy. Because the moment you walk through that door, everybody else around you is going to be happy. Mm. meaning my staff they can just see my face and they'll know what mood I'm in Mm. and that reflects on how either the office operates or my home operates Mm. so it's better to try and do whatever makes me happy to make sure that everybody else around me is happy absolutely Um, Pam you're an Indian raised abroad yes how is it for you to you know uh get a sneak peek into the media industry, especially considering you're not part of the social fabric 
or for that matter, even coming to India and, you know, getting used to being here and living here. How was that experience for you? Well, I I went to boarding school in India. My parents, um, God bless them both, for sending me to India to try and retain some Indian culture. Mm. Which transpired in me being an extremely independent-minded person. But what also transpired was me realizing that Indians abroad work a lot harder to maintain their culture and to ensure that their children are raised with that culture Mm. than the Indians here. My kids would not be allowed to go out the way I see now my two older ones or the three older ones are a lot older. So I, they're adults. But for example, I mean, kids of 15, 16 today are going to nightclubs. In America, I would have to drop my children or my parents would have to drop me to a mall and pick me up from a mall. Mm. I wasn't getting into an auto. Mm. Right. I wasn't, I mean, my parents knew whose house I was at. Mm. My parents had the number of the parents of the house that I was at. So here, I think there is just far more liberty Mm. as much as we say, oh, Indian culture, Indian culture. But I think the Indians in India have lost their culture (sighs) completely. Mm. We celebrate Diwali very differently there. Mm. It's actually Diwali. Me growing up, my parents used to tell me it's the Indian Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) so all my presents were laid out for my Indian Christmas when I was little Mm. Mm. it's different we go for I mean I'm not saying that there aren't families that still do it Mm. there are but by and large in metropolitan cities you go into a nightclub you'll see 15 16 year old kids in there Mm. and their parents don't know where they are Mm. But my parents knew everywhere I was. Mm. Wow. Tell us how it is raising three boys, right? Um, you have three sons. How is it um, raising them up in today's world? And what are the things that you are conscious of, of imbibing in them in that process? Huh. That's a tough one. <laughs> Because they're three very, very individual children. Extremely blessed to have them, obviously. They are young men of today. I always made sure that the right morals and ethics have been instilled in them. They're surrounded by people that love them. And that in turn comes out in everything that they do. My youngest being only 15 is very lucky to have two older boys that have already gone through the motions Mm. and are able to guide him on what to look for and maybe what to stay away from, Mm. you know, or, Mm. you know, uh, I think I, I became a little bit more relaxed with the youngest one because I had the two older ones to help me raise him kind Mm. of. If you go to see, because they were, they they were young men. Mm. They are young men who 
exactly know what a younger boy needs in Please. terms of guidance. Mm. It's it's different. Meaning today, if somebody had to tell me what it's like to raise three boys in today's day and age, I think it's easier than raising three girls. Is it? Yeah. You, with girls, you really need to be careful, especially in today's day and age. Mm. Boys, as long as you teach them the right values and give them the right morals and ethics, I think more than 80% of the battle is won. Mm. You have to ensure that they have a right group of friends. Their mindset is healthy. You know, mm. if they've got a healthy mindset, they've got healthy views and points of view and mm. they need to respect their elders. And it's, it's, it's I think, same universally, isn't mm. it? Meaning mm. more so. Mm. Mm. Do you think your parenting would be different uh, if you were raising daughters? I think I wouldn't sleep at night if they were if they weren't home. <laughs> okay. I don't think I would be able to sleep. Mm. You know, things are so much more open now. Mm. I see my two elder boys, their friends, their friends that are female, that are girls. They're amazing girls, but very different from what obviously what it was mm. like when I was growing up. Mm. You know, they've had, meaning there are far more liberties that are taken. There are far more things that they do are far more adventurous than we would ever think of doing. Mm. So, yeah, I think I'm happy I had boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, while growing up, what was it that, uh, you know, something that your mother definitely did that has left an imprint on you? even today, while when she was raising you, some things she was very particular about. My mother always said to me, please make sure you're independent. Mm. Make sure you know how to look after yourself. Because if you can look after yourself, you can look after everyone around you. Mm. My mom got married to my father and moved to America and worked her whole life. Mm. Because living in America, we needed, in the initial days, we needed a double income family. Mm. Meaning my dad was taking care of his entire family. So it, it my mom had to work. Mm. But then that just made her grow from there. And as she grew, I watched her. And I think that's, it's more, you know, I had to see my parents work. I was... So I always saw, I've never seen my mother sit at home and say, oh, I have a day off. Mm. It's always been something that she had to do. Mm. Whether it was going to work or whether it was looking after the house or if it was one of my activities when mm. I was growing up. So she, she was always busy. I Meaning life is far more comfortable here mm. uh, per se for, you know, I don't have to go to my son for karate. He can go on his own. Pam, what would your message be for, you know, the daughters of tomorrow who are looking to make a name, strive a balance between work, family and everything that they do? What would your message be to the young listeners? Work hard, stay focused and make sure whatever you do, it's what you want to do. You have to be passionate about it. Mm. 
If you have the passion for it, you're going to give it your best. If it's something that you're forced into doing, you're not going to give it your best. Mm. And I think women really, really need to be very independent. Mm. And don't rush into anything in your life. Take your time. There's no right age or wrong age for marriage. Mm. Make sure you find your soulmate. Mm. You know, not all of us are blessed to find one. I was very blessed to really say that I married my soulmate. But the circumstances that came to finding that, mm. it's a process. Right. So, meaning they, they go through the process, find your soulmate and then marry him. Mm. And then be happy. <laughs> very well said. Pam, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having thank this you. conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.